When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Happy Mother's Day from all of us at the Decibel Geek Podcast to all the rock and roll mothers all over the world. That's right. We're back once again. Decibel Geek Podcast time. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Sinzak. Happy Mother's Day, man. you say hi to your mom today? Yeah, I'm actually going to in about two hours, which is why you're probably hearing this episode late. <laughs> Moms come first here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. Yeah, it's, you know, and Sundays is typically the day that I do the bulk of the work on the show, and then Sunday night it goes up, so... You'll have to forgive me this time, folks, it's, and it's been a nutty week in my house. Well, yeah, especially after last week, you know, and, and all the response from that. Some good, yeah. some bad, you know. Mostly good. I mean, I, people seem to enjoy Andre's appearance for the Vinnie Vincent special part five. and. Uh, but I think some people, like, want to hear bad things about Vinnie Vincent. And if we don't deliver people talking smack about the Ankh Warrior. not about that. You know, they're not happy, but we're was, sorry. If you don't like that, that's too bad because it was just a straight-up story, and yeah. Andre told it so well, and yeah. it was fun. It and, was good talking to him. And there was stuff nobody really knew, I don't think. you know, yeah. I didn't about know about the whole revenge thing. The that revenge was awesome. thing and then the, the how he punched in on you know all the different takes of yeah. the solos and stuff. And then stuff. had to go back and relearn right. how to play I, them. Amazing. I, I thought that was fascinating stuff. It's yeah. kind of like... Um, you know, an artist who doesn't know when to stop painting a painting, you know, just right. con- continuously becoming obsessed with it. And and somebody, I remember some, one of the response was they likened it to Axel with Chinese democracy. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mentioned Always that too. Always trying to perfect you know? it. You know? Yeah. So what came first, Vinny or the or Axel syndrome? You know, was it the, the, the egg or the, the hottest chicken in the world? <laughs> the hottest chicken in the world. <laughs> so if Axel and Vinny create a new band, the album will never come never, out. Never. <laughs> never come out. Perfectionist. Nice. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. And um, I got, let's go ahead and do Geeks of the Week. This is everyone who retweeted in, on Twitter and shared the link on uh, Facebook. And uh, here we go. Okay, here are this week's Geeks of the Week, the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter for the link for last week's episode. On Facebook, we have Victoria Peters, Anna Pereiro, Christina Green, Dave Shirt, Dan Miles of the Friends of Dan Podcast, Dickie Dick, Cal Hens, Joey, Jody Havnot of the Strange Ways Podcast, Ken Mills from Podcast, Lee Maslin of Audio Junkies, Wally Norton, The Sky, David Jensen, Robert Fleischman, Adam Smith and Dez Shaw of History Science Theater, Rodney Dixon, James Geek, P.J. Brown, Andy LaFon, Robert Siegel, Matt Porter of the Kiss Room, and Rodney Yoakum. On Twitter, we have Rhode Island Rock, HMM Official, Earl Skakel of the Inappropriate Earl Podcast, Stephen Angulo, Collins, Jason Wood, Music Mags and Wax, Mark Van Orton, Derek Novak, Andreas Von Pock, The Kiss Room, Don Nitschke, Full Shred, and Joe Ciambelli. Thank you all very much for your shares and retweets. Yeah. 
Man, that's awesome. A lot of great response to this one, you know. And like yeah. you said, there's a couple of little people here and there upset because they want the dirt. You and that's know? They okay. They want the bad stuff. That's okay. You're allowed to like what you like. Exactly. But uh, yeah, we if, like we like Vinnie Vincent, so we try to present him on a good right. side. And if uh, if you like this episode that we're about to go into, um, just share it on Facebook or retweet it on Twitter, and I'll mention your name next week. Heck yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one. So yeah, this is kind of an Aaron Camaro solo show. You're only going to hear me that's in right. the intro here. I was going to say, you know, that's it, Chris. I'm going solo, and then you. Can Say no, man. We you don't have to go solo. We'll, we'll both go solo. We'll both go solo at the same time. Right. Don't get no bright ideas about going solo like anytime soon. Yeah, don't do that. But anyway, here's what I did. I went down to the Rutledge in Nashville, Tennessee, which is a pretty cool place, man. It's yep. a great room for seeing a band live. And who was down there? None other than Mike Tramp. Of course, most people know White Mike Tramp from White Lion. Yep. And. uh it was a good time, you know, and we, we hung out. I got to talk with Mike for a little bit, got to check out his sound check and everything. We got caught in a huge thunderstorm. As you'll hear. As you'll hear, yeah. We yeah. thought, you know, yeah, yeah, let's go outside. It'll be great for ambiance. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's a little too much ambiance on this one. So just fair warning, folks. Um, That's right. If, if, gonna... you, if you can ride out the storm with Aaron Camaro and Mike Tramp through this, yeah. coming right out on the other side of the storm. Cool, smooth Right, sailing. it's fine after they get back inside. But there's a there's a few moments where the wind picks up quite a bit. But right. uh, if you hang in there with us, I think you'll like it. <laughs> and uh, and then also we'll go to another segment after that. And um, Yeah, I got something special at the end. Right, so uh, here's the, uh, the talk with Mike Tramp, and we'll be back in a minute. I cried tonight. I Five. Yeah. So if we stood kind of like here, we maybe uh, don't pick up too much of the right. shit, you know? It'll be all right. Everybody knows. Well, I'm Aaron Camaro coming at you this week. I'm the man on the street by myself in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Came on down to the Rutledge. Now, this is the first time I've ever been to the Rutledge, so I'm driving around and around trying to find a good place to park, but I found a good place next door. <laughs> Little Mexican restaurants closed down, right? So the guy's out there. I say, hey, man, hey. He says, hey. I said, hey, I'm Aaron Camaro from the Decibel Geek Podcast. He has no idea who I am. I said, I'm going next door to interview Mike Tramp from White Lion. No. I said, you mind if I park here? No, you go ahead. You know, you park there if you need to. So thanks for the parking spot, Well, Mike. here's Mike Tramp, and he's uh, appreciated that. Yeah, heck yeah. So we're down here tonight, and we just talked for a brief second. As I was walking up, I, I you know, I, it's early, so there's nobody hanging out out front yet. But there's one guy out there, and it's you. And I'm walking in, and it's like, oh, hey, you're the guy I need to talk to. Yeah, you know, that these days, that's how it is, man. You know, yeah. we come here, and we take care of business ourselves. Um, and, and you know what? It's all good. It's all good. I'm doing a 40-show tour across the U.S. I'm driving myself, have my 20-year-old son next to me, which I haven't seen in a year. And, and, and you know... This is just the best father and son trip one could wish, you know. Yeah, and uh, that sounds fantastic. We get in all kind of situations, and, and and it's all about real these days. I mean, you know, I hate to make that kind of comment and then kind of say, "Well, weren't you real back then?" Yeah, but the the rest of the world weren't real, right? Okay, so and you were in a business, so you didn't, you, you couldn't put both your feet on the ground and say, "Well, I'm just going to do that." So you know, you you followed along with that fast-paced train you were on. Sure, yeah. And, 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 and bit by on. bit, and, and, you know, I was doing talking earlier on today with, with somebody else about it, and it, it's like it's a full circle for me, 
and I, you know, you come back to the place where you're from, and 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 for maybe even even twenty years or something like I wasn't aware really where I was from, and it's it's not necessarily I'm I'm born and raised in Copenhagen, Denmark, right. but I grew up in the late '60s, early '70s with a lot of folk, yeah. a lot of folk music, a lot of hippie protest movements and stuff like that in Denmark, and you know we had that acoustic guitar standing in the corner of our apartment, you know, and and it's sort of just what I learned and then you know as as I became a teenager and I got into my first band without wanting to get into a band or even pursue a career as a musician you know it just sort of was something that I maybe I've forgotten about it but when I look back all songs that I've ever written and and you know that goes with wide line too comes from an acoustic guitar sitting you know in a couch and stuff like I that I see that so now later here you know three years ago when I went into the studio to um to do my my, my last solo album um I didn't go in to do an album. I just came into my friend's studio and said, you know, I'm just in dying need to hear something new. Yeah. So, you know, I thought I was under just the, uh, you know, the impression that we're just going to, you know, record some demos and stuff like that. At the end of the first day, we recorded the first four tracks on the album and they were finished. Because what it all came back to was that we always used to go in there and record, you know, the full band and all that kind of stuff. And then, then as as the night came close and we were sitting there having a couple of beers and stuff like that, we started listening to Dylan and Neil Young or, or Springsteen and stuff like that. And he said, ah, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool to one time just go in there and not being afraid of just doing it raw and stuff like that. So right. this is what I went in and did this time. This is the way the songs were written. And at the end of the uh, of a week, I had, re- I, I had recorded and finished the album. And without taking anything away from any other albums or, or you know the decade with white lion or something like that you know this was the album that suddenly everybody responded to within that little world that now you know knows who i'm around you right. know and all i did was being me and followed the natural instinct you know and not trying to be anything more than just what the song is exactly and that's what it's all about for an artist to be able to you know because i gotta imagine back in the day in like saying white lion and you're on this Coaster ride, you know, you've got a lot of expectations put on you as far as you know, you got to feel like your art is kind of being restricted. Like, we want you to paint a picture, but you can only paint yeah, it this without thing, a doubt. You know? We were, we were in many cases goaded, uh, you know, led on by, by let's say even the record company or MTV that they wanted us to give them what they needed, yeah. And when they had enough, they closed the door right in our face, right? And stuff like that, you know. White Lion was kind of like, you know, almost like a second generation yeah. of, the, of the Sunset Strip exactly. glam rock yeah. kind of scene, so except when, when we came out of Brooklyn, New York. So we had grown up with a freezing right. cold basement, but but in in that way, yeah. And and how is it possible to go against the grain when you're right in the middle of a booming right. decade of rock and roll, and you're playing all the big arenas, and you're selling millions of albums and stuff like that? But you know, late at night in the hotel rooms, I mean, the question come knocking on your door yeah. about you know because there weren't a lot of happiness. The happiness with the climb to the top, and then. Starting right. the misery and and you know, the conflicts in the band and something like that, all that kind of stuff. And, and then bit by bit, for me, I'm a person that kind of like you know w- then move on. I need to move on to right. where I'm going. And after Wide Line, I formed a band, basically, um, to get back to the love of playing rock and roll and playing in a band and how it feels like getting into a rehearsal room and you have four guys smiling back at you saying yeah. this is the best place in the world and I don't want to be anyplace else right you know that's and where the magic exactly. happens exactly you know? and then when you go through that and that band breaks off breaks, uh, breaks off after you know three albums you don't have any more band in you 
Yeah, you, you have now you now have three wives and ten children, and yeah. you say I can't afford anymore. Right. And then you just say, you know, I'm pulling the old out of the closet, and then this is how we go from there on. And you know, I've done eight solo albums since then, nice. and, and 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 for a while I was just kind of like fiddling with it in Europe and not really wanting to try to push too hard. Now, as I taste blood again, and 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 you know, kind of like the the, the critical success. Um, of, of Cobblestone Street, which is my, my, my recent album, mm-hmm. and now to the new one, which will be coming out in August, which I've recorded in, in November. Nice. Now the response is is incredible, and, and, and the great thing about that the rock fans from the 80s are now up in age when it's husband and wife to come, and, right. and what I give them is not 80s songs, not acoustic. What I give them is all the deep songs that I've written through my career, including the White Line songs that maybe some people didn't know. But we were the kind of band, especially because of, 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 of the angle I took, that I wrote songs that were not about Sunset Strip, but that was right. not about, you know, talking dirty to a girl in the right. basement. I wrote those kind of songs. I mean, if you can go from, you know, when the children cried a yeah, little fighter, to song, cry for yeah. freedom, to El Salvador, to many. So that's just incredible that, that you wrote those songs back then when you were running around with like long blonde hair and yellow pants. But now the songs done in, 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 you know, in, in the way they were written comes across so incredible. Even better than So original. I'm not one of them out now. And like He's an ex-80s rocker out there doing Unplugged. It's not what I do. What I do is what I do. And what I am. Nice. I like that. See, and so I'm kind of like just made my coffee shop on the street with, with, with maybe uh, 30 other coffee shops. But my coffee is a little different. Everybody's got a little different flavor. You Everybody got it likes right. likes a little something of their own. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And I'm glad that, you know, it's, it seems to me like there's, there's like a rock resurgence, for example. You know, you just got off the Monsters of Rock cruise. You sure know, things, you yeah. got to love that, you know, with all those fans. It's like the perfect retirement community, yeah. you know, that you can basically hang out on the beach with 3,000 rock fans that all have, have run the crazy out of themselves. Yeah. So now we're sitting there and having conversations. And not, you know, really talking about if we're going to the bar or back to the hotel room and stuff like that. Right. So to me, personally, that's a great reward. There are a lot of, of rock bands out there from the 80s that maybe find it very hard that they don't look and sound the same they did in the 80s. Right. Now, I look at, at, I look at myself as more being, being you know, um, a football player or something like that that simply just can't throw the ball as far. Yeah. So um, I kind of just adjust. I run with right. a little and I then I throw you. it at the end. You know, in, in the way of... I don't sing as, as high as I did back when I was 26, and I don't like to sing that like that anymore. So in, in all ways, I just adapt to who I am today, and I am the best Mike Tramp in the world. I'm perfect today. It is. It's good. You know, I found you, you just found you. Yeah, that's that's what it's all that's about. That's what it's you all know, about. It's, it's about opening yourself up to it, you know, and being uh, you know receptive to. To being able to release the artist that you want to be, you know, and kind of let go of the expectations. We're outside here in Nashville. It's a halo rain, yeah, man. Halloween. Just started raining pretty good. We're underneath the... We're keeping it real. <laughs> we're keeping it yeah. real. We're not worrying about... Like I said, wait, when I said I was a man on the street, I wasn't kidding. We're literally in the street, in the rain. Holy shit. You want to go around the other side? <laughs> we'll take inside. Yeah, okay. We're going to take this conversation inside. Just listen. 
That'll be fun, huh? Are you done vacuuming the stage yet? <laughs> See, this is the beauty of doing podcasting as opposed to like a radio show or something. You know, none of this kind of stuff matters. You know, I was never really good at at at, at, at faking it or try to just sit here and, and make up stories that weren't real. And a lot of the stuff in the 80s was that nobody within, you know, the printed business or the printed press, like, you know, Hit Parade of Circus Magazine, Rip Magazine, et cetera, et cetera. Metal Edge, yeah. Everybody just wanted, like, cheesy fan stuff. Right. And when you want to kind of sit about, hey, you know, I discovered this song when I felt like this, and, you know, my mom called and says, when are you ever coming home again? No, no, no. You know, so so you never... Now, it's just... is where it all fits together. Nice. And I'm just happy that I can be here and, and feeling better than I've ever done on a musical level. That's awesome, man. I'm happy for Caring you. Carrying a lot of heartache and pain and anger inside me, but completely content musically and not asking questions not doubting myself not wanting to go anywhere else but what where i am and what i can do within my own limitations and if that makes you happy man that's what it's all about that to me is probably the best or the greatest gift is known that it's okay to be limited yeah yeah, it really is, you know. And and you talk about a place like this. Sure, this I isn't. Fucking love this place. You know, this isn't Wembley Arena or nothing like that. But you know, this is the kind of place I love to see it's shows like a, at. You well, know? the interesting thing is that I sometimes talk about that from the stage. The memories of playing Madison Square Garden are terrible. I, suppose, I mean, the, you know, what do you is, really see? Exactly. This is this is you know, the mecca of rock and roll. You make it a Madison Square Garden. It's kind of like yes. The feeling, all I remember you know, is chaos. Because the guitar player's parents could not was was still standing outside and couldn't get in, the band arguing in the dressing room and, and, and you know, managers kids running around and stuff like that. That's not how I wanted it. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, my you, rock and roll was start out, that day. When you rock, would start out and you think, you know, someday we're gonna play Madison Square Garden, and you got this vision of it inside of your head to be this majestic thing, and then you get there. And it's just another day at the office, you know, yeah, like craziness wrong. running around, you know. But something like this, I think, like, for example, we went and seen Dick Wagner, the uh, guitar player from the Alice Cooper band, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And he was playing in this little bitty place, but, man, was it fantastic. You know, there, it wasn't, it, when it comes to a show like this, it's not about quantity. It's about the quality of fans no, no, that show up, like you know. Session, and, you know you, you, you're coming through this town, and, you know, you're lucky to even find yeah. a venue. These are, the, these are not the markets that... that, that uh, have been open to me so you know am I coming through and this has becomes like my first building step that's cool but one thing that I know for sure without adding too much is, is if there was ever a place that I fitted in you know this is a place yeah. yeah so let's let's just do a little bit of sound check and then you know we'll chit chat a little bit after again okay sounds good my pleasure this street I know don't look the same different people different names the little shops have disappeared, but all of the memories are still right here. This place I once called home, where my mom raised three boys on her own. And that song 
Yeah, you know, just used it fucking all down tools and stuff, and now it seems like it's fucking dead. Here, you got the blue? Yeah. Here, I got a Sharpie. Is Real it your blind? Yeah, it's a good it, one, I, too. I was just doing something up on stage, and it, it just killed it for fun. Here you go, man. Might as well do mine right okay, away, right. too, right? Awesome. The wide, li- the wide, wide album of the '80s. Yeah, Michael Wagner on that. Yeah, why go uh, calm down? Yeah, we sat yeah. down. We hung out with Michael Wagner before. We talked about you know that how you working with you guys and how what an experience it was and how much you enjoyed. Yeah, it. and and you know what? Looking back at that now, I mean, the Pride album would not have happened if it wasn't for Michael Wagner because Michael Wagner got word of us. And he says, come out to L.A. And we hadn't even finished the, the album deal with Atlantic Records. And wow. Michael put up the money. And Michael put us in, in a place to live. And, and, and all that kind of stuff. And the great thing that Michael did on that album was he let the band be the band. I just found what it was we were. Yeah, talking to Michael Wagner, you can tell he's that kind of guy. He, well, want, he wants to bring out the best in you, not make you bring out the best in whatever Exactly, expected. Michael's not a guy that goes in and changes a band. He wants to work with a band that he hears, hears, hears that, you know? Right. And, and, and you know for a time you know of course that works with bands that has that you know and, and, and then there are record companies that want a, band, a producer to go in and, and change the band and, and, and basically send yeah. the band on vacation while he's doing the album right whack them and you know Michael and I became really really good friends and we, we rode our motorcycles together we spent a lot of time off and that was just the way because we were friends before anything you know and he created an incredible environment in the studio that we were just there having a good time, I'm, I'm the right kind of good time. Right, and that comes through in the music. It sure does. It sure does. Where nowadays, especially nowadays, things are so over-manufactured and cultivated and, you know, picked through and pro-edited and all that stuff. Yeah. When it, All you need is a great song and some musicians to come to, together is. and put some soul it into is. it, some feeling, some meaning, and you get a great rock song. You know, a lot of it comes down to how a band wants to do it, and a band is getting lazy, too. You know, and, and, and there's so much attitude. You know, can a band just go in there and count four and then play instead of all this other stuff yeah. involved in it, you know? So yeah, overproduction sometimes. It's nice to know that you were with real people and you knew why it worked and when it worked and you also know why it didn't work when it didn't work. Right. And Michael Wagner, he's still out there doing it. You know, he's taking young bands now and giving them that that sound. You know, that was so powerful back. My, Michael was not interested in kissing anybody's ass. He was just interested in working with people he liked. That's awesome. You could tell that by talking. I know to that him. for he's sure. He's an awesome guy. Has a great and great attitude. Another thing I wanted to ask you about. Well, you know, you just did your sound check, man. It sounded great. You know, it sounded really good. Appreciate it's, it. Fans are going to be in for a treat tonight. Yeah, here I mean, that'd be nice. It's it's it, it always it, it's it's one of those things. That happens now. I never walked on stage like that before because before we just walked on stage, well rehearsed, routined, and and no space for improvisation. Yeah. Now I decide, you know, I can change any songs I want to in the night and see how it feels and stuff like that. And that gives you that incredible freedom that you can say, hey, yeah, I'm going to play that song. That's cool. Because, you know, with you, there's probably one or two, maybe three songs that you have to play, you know, that the fans are going to riot if you don't. Yeah. You know, but then other than that, you know, it's got to be great to have the freedom to pick and choose and do whatever the hell you want to do, whatever you want to do, not anybody else. I think you'll see that during the set, that there's a nice blend of of classics being introduced into new ones. And, And the most important thing is that you will also see that the songwriter is the same who wrote all the songs. Nice. I like that. And you'll see that. You'll see that red thread 
along it without at the same time seeing that they come from different eras, but it has the same ingredients. It's all tied right together. It's like beer. There's only so many ingredients, and you don't right. mess around with that. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. I, that's that's the way I can understand it. Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> layman's term. But I wanted to ask you about you. You had a song on one of your solo albums called uh, "A Hymn for Ronnie." Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I know it was it's for Ronnie James Dio yes, it when, is. when he passed. And yes. I know you White Lion toured with Dio back in the day. What are your? I'm sure you got to have a million great Ronnie James Dio memories. Anything? Actually, it was Freak of Nature that toured Ronnie James. Oh, it was Dio, but Freak never, of never, nevertheless. You know, I grew up with Rainbow, man, and and, and you know, yeah. Ronnie was the reason why I loved Rainbow, and 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 you know, my my two favorite rock albums is the two albums he did with Black Sabbath and stuff like yeah. that. Good but stuff. It, it's also sort of what Ronnie represent in many ways and stuff like that. That you know, when when, when I became friends with Ronnie, Ronnie was just exactly the way you expected him to be. Yeah. This is a man who loved music, who loved rock and roll. And I think Ronnie is, when, if it comes to hard rock or whatever category you call it, Ronnie Ray James to you is that. Yeah. It's just, right. you know, and his passion for it and everybody followed that. And, and you know, so that's great. And I might even pull that song out tonight. It's, 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 it's not a song I'll play very often anymore, but somehow it just, it's, it's great to be able to do that. It's like, it's, it's like nice an epic, it's got like four massive verses with a lot of lyrics and, yeah. you know. I sat on, you know, on a summer day in Copenhagen and, and, and wrote that song and, and, and using a lot of Ronnie's titles to play within the song and that so yeah. it would be a true tribute. And then at the same time, it's the only tribute that's not a metal song. Right. Yeah, you're right. Which I feel even more special about it. And I know people can really hear what it's about because going out and doing tribute and trying to sound like Ronnie, that's, uh, you know. That's, that's pretty, that's a tall order. Exactly. Trying to sound exactly. like Ronnie. On the sidewalk, side good friends would sing. So you said you haven't been here in Nashville in quite a while. Last time you were here, you were doing the acoustic thing with Skinner. And the time before that, you were here with Ace Fraley. That was White Lion, right? Okay. So we just went through like 27 years right there, you know? Yeah, just bang, bang, bang. Here we are. You yeah. know, that's uh, yeah. pretty impressive that long ago. Was that a tour with Ace Frehley, or was that just a No, Nashville no, no, we show? were touring with Ace Frehley. Ace Frehley was one of our first tours when we released the Pride album. And then from actually from Ace Frehley, we went to Kiss. Yeah, I remember Gene Simmons keep asking about, "Well, you on Asian stuff like that?" And I'm like, I hadn't really figured out really about all this stuff that went on between them, you know. But he was trying to feel out and get the word on what Ace. You know, was you doing know what out. it was. Ace was just a rock and roll guitar player, and he was really kind to us, and we had a great time, and he was just fun, real person. Nice, awesome, good stuff. Well, this has been an awesome talk. My Mike. pleasure. Thank Thanks you very for much for taking the time. Sorry, the weather couldn't be better for you tonight, but. 
you know, it's Nashville. I got a feeling the rock fans are going to come out. That'd you be know, nice. Anyway, we, like I said, we, we went and seen Dick Wagner. It was a small room, but the place was packed full of great fans, people that really were there to see that music. You know what? And I got a feeling we're going to see the same here. That'd tonight. be very nice, man. I, w- I welcome anybody. I, I, I don't turn it down based upon how many there are. I always give my heart out. Awesome. Well, Mike, I appreciate you taking Pleasure. the time. You know, we'll pass it on to Decibel Geek fans. Awesome. Thank Good you very job, much, man. I appreciate it. Man, I'd really like to thank Mike Tramp for taking the time to talk to me. It was very cool. You know, I got to meet his son. Like, oh, yeah. we, we talked about that a little bit right. while we were mentioning that he was, you know, traveling around with his kid. I got to talk to him a little bit. What an adventure, adventure that must be. Can yeah. you imagine, you know, being like 20 years old and all of a sudden you're getting picked up by your rock star dad and he's taking you around the world? Yeah, it's, a, it's a cool story and I, I'm i still jealous because I, I had something come up. I wasn't able to make it. But, yeah, I still have copies of Main Attraction, Big Game, and uh, Pride. Yeah, so I got myself I was, an autograph. I was definitely a fan back in the day. So I'm, I'm envious yeah. that you got to talk to him. But at least we get to present it here. Yeah, one thing I didn't tell him that night, and I wish I would have, you ought to be keeping a diary of this adventure, you know, and, and release it as a book one day. What a great Read that would be one thing I notice he's been doing is on on YouTube he'll he'll put up a video from every hotel room that yeah. he's in and he's playing a song in each hotel room. Yeah, he's a cool so, dude. Yeah. You know, I went into this not maybe be maybe not being the most schooled or the most the biggest fan of White Lion, right. but through the experience of meeting Mike and then from there going home and actually listening to some White Lion, yeah. I'm I'm changed man. I dig me some White Lion now. It was the yellow pants that just turned you off. Initially. No, well he would. <laughs> No, yeah, no yellow pants in this one. Yeah, but yeah, he's. Uh, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he's touring the states. And if you get a chance to go see him out on tour, go check him out. Most definitely. So, uh, you, and you got to talk to some other people while you were there at the Rutland. This is kind of like just a, a yeah, Mike Tramp hits Nashville type right. episode. It's like it's Aaron Camaro shows up with a microphone and wanders around yeah, for a little so bit. What, what, so, who else did you talk to while you were there? So after I was done talking to Mike Tramp, I was killing some time, and there was a couple of dudes down there who, you know, like myself, was getting an autograph as well. So I pegged these guys for being big White Lion fans, and I thought, well, what the heck? You know, these guys are decibel geeks. So I went up there and, you know, told them about the show and then got to chatting with them. They were both really cool, and I said, hey, can I interview you guys? And they said, sure. And so we did. And so here it is. Still out on the streets in Nashville, Tennessee, hanging out at the Rutledge. We got a little ways to go before the show starts, but one thing I always notice about rock shows is that you can tell the guys that are the huge fans because they show up way before everybody else. And so I see down here at the end of the bar a couple of rock and rollers, and uh, I know you guys got to be huge White Lion fans. So why don't you tell me uh, what's, what's your name, where are you from? Uh, my name's Eric Sparks. Originally, I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I moved here to Nashville around 2006, and. It's a really great music town, and uh, they always host the great musicians like Mike Tramp and uh, others. Right on. And what's your name? Where are you from? Hi, I'm Frank Laris. I live here in Nashville, and I've been here for about, about the same time he has. I moved from Florida, Sarasota, Bradenton. Right cool. You guys, big White Lion fans, obviously. You're down here tonight to see Mike Tramp. Oh, yeah. Just ever since I saw him uh, the first time on Headbangers Ball back in the day, we'd always stay up late Saturday nights. That was our yeah. big thing back then. Yeah, we'd always loved uh, loved them, and I remember the when they debuted "Love Don't Come Easy" uh, on the main attraction album. 
we were just like so like pumped to see that and it was such a great song and video they didn't let us down nice what did you get into White Lion? I seen White Lion back in the '80s. He opened up, they opened up Race Freely. Uh, right on. Little, we were just talking about that. Little town in Illinois, nobody there, you know. Wow. They was just coming up, but uh, after after that, I just caught on. I loved their music, and I, Pride was one of my favorite albums, and then, awesome. uh, I like all the others. I haven't really heard a lot of this new solo work, but I'm looking forward to hearing that tonight. Yeah, I heard a little bit of that in Soundcheck, man. It was sounding really awesome. Just, we were just talking, I was talking to Mike about that. We were talking about the Ace Fraley tour. They came here in Nashville for that, too. And uh, he said it's it's been a very long time since he's been in Nashville. He was here once a few years back doing something with Skinner, doing acoustic thing. But before that, it was like all the way back in like 86 when, yeah. they, when he played yeah, here with he Ace Fraley. He remembered the year and everything. I was surprised. Yeah. I could remember the year I just that's good because like, we were just talking about it <laughs> so is there anything you know you guys anything particular you're hoping to hear tonight uh well broken heart that's like uh, such a great song you know of that and uh love don't come easy of course and his solo song sometimes that's like a really really good song it came out about the same time uh, when my first daughter was born i always kind of remember that song with that that moment so yeah that's a that's really awesome. good song yeah That's cool. Did you get a chance to tell them that? Yeah, I did. Awesome. See, and that's what you were talking about earlier, that, you know, the beauty of doing the solo thing like this is he can bust out whatever he wants, you know? Exactly. We were, we were talking about that Dio tribute, the, the hymn for Ronnie, and he said, I can play that tonight. Exactly. You know, isn't that a beautiful thing where you just play whatever the heck he wants? He's got such a great catalog, I mean, from, from the early days to now. I mean, he's got so much to choose from. Heck yeah. I mean, me and myself, I like a lot of the stuff off Pride. I mean, I like the, the remake of... Uh, you know, Radar Love. Yeah, I that's love a that fantastic song. I mean, cover I don't know song. how easy that would be doing an acoustic. But, right. But, I mean, I, I'm hoping to hear it, so, you know. But there's, you know, I, I like listening to anything. I'm looking forward to hearing his new stuff, because I haven't really heard his new stuff. Right. So, I'm... once, you know, you see what the differences are, you know, and how they sound from back then. You know, if you haven't seen them in 20 years, you know, it's, 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 you want to hear what they sound like now. Right, for and, sure. And what they got new. Awesome. Just excited. This is an acoustic show. I've never saw him do an acoustic show, so I'm really pumped up for that. So that's, I know that'll be a great treat. You know? Awesome. Yeah, it should be pretty neat. It's a one-man gig he's doing, you know. It's, that's pretty impressive to get out there just a man and his guitar, you know. Nothing to hide behind. You're front and center. You know, nobody to hide behind. It's just spotlights on you, you know. So that's all talent when you can do that. You know? That's awesome. You guys ever been here to the Rutledge before? Oh, yeah. Yeah? It's a great venue. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, I've been here for a few shows. Yeah, I mean Nashville's got these really nice little venues, this intimate type setting. Right. It's always good to come to a lot of these shows out here. I love that stuff, you know. I think we're lucky like that in Nashville, where you know we do got kind of these hole in the wall places around here, and like a guy can come to town and play one of these little bitty places, and a lot of times it flies under the radar, you know, because like we said, radio's not you know pumping the fact that you know that Mike Tramp's here tonight or anything, but. You know, that, that means that the hardcore fans, the diehards, are going to come out. And, you know, that's got to be something special to a guy like him when he comes up on stage. And maybe it's not, like we said, playing to Madison Square Garden, but what you got here is guys like you that, you know, are true blue fans, you know, and that really means something. 
honestly, I was lucky to find the show out. I didn't even know about it. I just ran across it and walking into a record store and seeing the... the you see it, the, the Great door. Escape? Yeah, 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 I saw it there, too. I made those flyers. Nice. Yeah. See, see I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even know what was going see, on. See, I gave Andy credit for that earlier. I was like, hey, man, I saw them posters out around town. Good job. Yeah. It always bothers me. The reason I made it, it always bothers me. We have so many good shows like this and not enough venues. Like, not talking about the relish, but most venues, they don't really advertise for great shows like that. And that's such a good show. I really wanted people to know about that show. So I made up about, you know, four or five flyers, put uh, one at Great Escape, uh, The Groove in East Nashville, and just different places. So So you, as a fan, took that upon yourself to make them? That's, wow. That's something, man. That got me here. Yeah, Yeah, see? That's fantastic. I just got so tired of, like, all these great bands not getting a big turnout. And people's like, I didn't know about the show. So I always post about it on my Facebook, and then I'll print up flyers myself, and I'll put it up in a local record. Stores. Fantastic, yeah. man. You always hear about it second hand, you know, after exactly. it's over. After it's over. Right. You, you, you get because God, I love to see that show. Exactly, yeah. I was so broken hearted. What inspired me, too, there was a really good uh, band from back in the day called Every Mother's Nightmare. They played yeah. a show here. Really? And, was, and I found it after the fact. It was on YouTube. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I missed it. Oh, that. man, I'd love to have seen that, and I, I didn't know it. nothing about it. Yeah, yeah, such a great band, but it's on YouTube, and you can see it. I'm like, that's a shame that I didn't get to see that because I adore that band. You know, they're really good. So. Yeah, there ain't nothing worse than showing up for a band that you love and nobody else is there. I know. You know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. why isn't everybody appreciating this music as much as we do? Right, because he deserves a big turnout. I mean, he's so talented. His songs actually meant something. It just yeah. What you know, instant stuff. You know, he just he really put thought and heart into it. And that's what makes him great. Man, that's fantastic. You guys make me feel like the spirit of rock and roll is still alive and well here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. Always. You know, it may be a country town, but there are still people here like to listen to rock. So it's, it's music city, you know. It's not just country music, right? Like Dio said, we rock. You know, he, he put it that way, so yeah, it's always like that. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I think we're going to expect a really good show down here tonight. Oh, absolutely. All right, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to talk to me. A couple of awesome Nashville rock and rollers here. And uh, we'll get you guys the information. I'll let you know when Man, I'm envious. You got you had a good time down there with the That was awesome. I wish I could have been there for that. Isn't that an awesome story about that dude that cares so much about rock and roll that he took the time to make his own posters for this event? Yeah, that is cool. And go around town hanging them up. That's that's got that when I heard that, that I was guy. like, dude, you're a decibel geek. Yeah. yeah. And uh for a week or so after the show, I thought I'd spoken to the ghosts of rock and roll because I was I couldn't find them on Facebook or and nothing. One of them contacted I, us. And then yeah, then we I found out Good thing. They're, yeah. they're real people. He liked the Facebook page, and I was like, there we go. Nice. There yeah. he is. Sweet. So, so hopefully you're listening to it. And, um, yeah, if you guys liked it, uh, you know, share, retweet it. And, um, you know, as we said, bear in mind the audio was definitely a lot of ambiance because of the storm. But, it's not uh, my fault. I can't control nah. nature. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can control a lot, but you can't control that. Here's what, something I can control. Your ability to go to www.decibelgeek.com because I want to tell you about it right now. That's the place you're going to go. You're going to find all our writers. Yeah, we're not just a podcast. We've got writers at our website as well, too, and they're damn good at what they do. They write stories about, you know, personal experiences, and they write reviews and, and concert experiences and stuff. This isn't, you know, hey, this rock star was at this town today, and he said this. No, this is these people actually going out and being a part, making the news, more or less, when right. it comes to rock and roll. 
And we've got them exclusively at www.decibelgeek.com. Yeah. Same place you're going to find your T-shirts. You're going to be able to donate to the show, and we appreciate that. We do. We want you to go to iTunes and leave us reviews, and you can get yourself a T-shirt at the website. Yep. Heck yeah. And speaking of the, the writers on the website, I've had a couple of people uh, email the the web, the decibelgeek at gmail.com and asking about um, contributing to the site. Yes, we want you, and I will be in touch with you soon. Awesome. We want you. Heck yeah, we do. So. So that's it. Yeah. So like I said, no funny ideas about going solo. That was just kidding around. This is a one-time thing, right? It's really tempting. Don't do it, man. I got to get in touch with Eddie Kramer. Oh, man. All right. Well, you guys (laughs) have a good one, and we'll see you next week. See ya. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.